Um, I think there is a mistake on my uh, class schedule. Well, what's the problem? Um, I have P. Kim listed twice, and each time it's four hours. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you will have physical chemistry lab twice a week, four hours each. Huh? Why? Because it takes time to simplify a complex compound. See you in class. Hey, this is Michelle Spiber, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into the deep side of simple. I'll see you then. The deep end of simple. Okay, you guys, I have been waiting to do this particular podcast for a minute because it is something that I am still trying to work on. And I was like, you know what? Just go on and talk about it. So the story on the A part was when I was a chemistry major in undergrad and I had a third year and I had this lab called physical chemistry. And the idea of physical chemistry is like it sounds. You take things, um, chemical matters, and you titrate them, distill them down. You look at the properties. You, you um, work with them to get the purest form of them. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it because as a kid, time moves way slower than it does when you're an adult. And four hours might as well have been four years. And so, oh my God, PKM, oh my gosh. And, and so, like I said, it was the longest lab in the, in the chemistry curriculum. And that meant we I was having to give eight hours a week. Now, mind you, the average class was 50 minutes, Okay. So for, and the average lab was maybe up to two hours, but more so an hour and 20 minutes, okay? So it was, it was hard and it would take hours. And when I say hours, hours to distill down the chemicals to the forms, the purest forms, or to titrate uh, the volatile compositions. And I mean, I would be sitting there looking at the, and looking at it drop. And if you didn't do it right, when you tested to see if it met the pH factors and all of the different uh, markers, it was kind of like holding your breath because you were going to have to do it again. So the four hours were the hours allotted for the lab, but it could take more. Oh, yes. It could be like, okay, we got to get out of here because there's another class coming. But trust and know, many a day, I was back in that lab um, after hours to get my work done so that I could get my grade. And I was hot, honey. When I tell you hotter than fish grease, mm-mm, baby, I was hotter than that. And it was just, oh, but little did I know that having to bear patience with learning how to work with these chemical processes taught me something. And it taught me that the, that simple, is oftentimes way harder than complex. And it's so funny that people get this confused. People think that if you speak with a lot of words, if you put in a lot of ideas, a lot of ingredients, if you will, that the complexity is what makes things better when it's not. Now, let me 
establish our foundation that we're going to work on here. I'm going to be um, bringing up a lot of statements that a lot of people have made over the years about simplicity. And we're going to just talk a little bit about it because this thing gets deep. Okay. So simplicity. Now, in our understanding today, the contemporary understanding of simplicity is the property or condition or quality of something being uncombined to its simplest form where it still maintains its integrity. Um, It can denote beauty, purity, or clarity. And simpler things are usually easier, easier to explain and understand than complicated ones. It can also be a term uh, to signify candor, guilelessness, innocence, straightforwardness, and freedom from duplicity. Okay, so that is a general term that we all agree on for simplicity. And the weird thing is, is that over the years, simple, simplicity, they have not, the, the, the terms and the genesis of it has not veered very far from it. Because way back, circa 1200, 13th century, uh, simple meant free from duplicity, being upright, guileless, blameless, innocent, and harmless. And it did have another side to it, as a lot of words did. And sometimes simple still means this thing. If someone calls you simple-minded, that means you might be uneducated, ignorant, unsophisticated, or foolish. And then it also had where it meant plain, decent, friendly, sweet, naive, foolish, stupid. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so looking at all of these from the 12th of the, excuse me, the 13th century on down, for the most part, it has been true to its meaning without any kinds of pollution. And that's funny for a word that means, you know, simple, that it has remained simple in um, its understanding. All right. So what's this got to do with us and why does simple have to have a deep end? I was listening to a um, interview by an actor by the name of Daniel Kalua on uh, at this this particular recording. He has a um, new movie out called Queen and Slim. I encourage you to go see it. And he said something that I that I was like, yes, because I knew I had been working on this podcast and working on it in myself. Uh, it's, now, let me let me slow down. I'm going to get to Daniel, but I want to just say, I'm working on this podcast because it's been working on me because I'm working on some my books and I'm working on a new uh, some new trainings for my um, would-be authors out there and trying to make things complex things simple has really been trying me. And that was another reason why I wanted to go through and get an understanding for myself of what it means to be simple and how to be simple. Okay, so let's get to uh, what Daniel Kalua said. He was talking in an interview and this is what he said. He said, it is so hard to make things simple. He went on to say, a lot of people don't appreciate simplicity. And I was like, you are right. And I I went back and I made sure I captured what he said. And I started looking at all the notes that I've been collecting um, over time, trying to crack the simplicity code. I've been looking at, you know, how to get to the point. I even talked to you guys about that the, yesterday, I think. Uh, we talked about uh, how to how to get to the point, how to strip things down. 
And there was a famous French pastor of the reformist movement back at the turn of the century, 1895. He wrote this book called Simple Life. And what he said in um, his um, book, he said, simplicity is a state of mind. And I have been uh, ruminating over that, that when you say a state of mind, a state of something is just, it is. It is not a process. And so with, uh, with grappling with simplicity in the way we're going to talk about it, I was like, ooh, that's hard. But yet and still, it is what it is. And he, go, he went on to say that in this, in this book, and I think it's in chapter two, um, he says, a man is simple. And this is when he was talking, of course, we're talking about humanity, everybody. But he said, a man is simple when his chief care is to wish uh, to be what he ought to be. And that is honestly and naturally human. Let me say that part again. He says, a man is simple when his chief care is to wish to be what he ought to be. That is honestly and naturally human. And I was like, that's really great. And I was like, okay. So now remember, I am working on um, my novel. I'm working on these training programs that I'm putting out. And I'm looking at all of this stuff that would be great and necessary to put in to truly give people a good chance at being successful at um, their endeavors. And I'm like, oh, this is taking so long. And I had to go back and remember my time when I was in PCHEM, physical chemistry. And I had to remember that not only did that take a long time to reduce down, to titrate, to purify, but I also had to remember that even when I'm cooking and things in the kitchen, uh, that it takes time to dehydrate. It takes time to ferment. And fermentation, now if we think about it, pickles, uh, sauerkraut, uh, kombucha, uh, ginger tea, all of these different things are fermented. Uh, kimchi. And if we look at it with regards to our health, they all are very healthy for us. They all work to help balance us, give us harmony in our life. And fermentation, when you boil it down, (laughs) not pun intended, is all about controlled rot Mm -hmm. or controlled decomposition for the best expression of health and then taste, because some of this stuff is an acquired taste. Let's just be honest, okay? But it takes time to dehydrate. It takes time to ferment, to reduce, and to purify. And so I was looking at it because, like I said, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to work on my curriculums and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, this is taking forever. And the other side of uh, understanding this simplicity is when I started to go into the deep end. And I'm going to let Captain Kirk of the original Star Trek exploration series set this up for me. And what Captain Kirk, the fictitious character from and uh, from Star Trek, said, he said, uh, the more complex the mind, the greater the need for the for the simplicity of play. And I was like, why? Why would he say that? And I thought about it in that it what he wasn't telling me go play, you know, there is some wisdom to that. But what he was talking about with regards to or the writers who wrote this for him was talking we're talking about is that 
simplicity is not just the beginning of something. More often than not, simplicity is the product of something. Uh, Blaise Pascal is noted as saying, and this is the colloquial understanding, Blaise Pascal, the great French mathematician, physicist, theologian, logician, he said um, in his providential letters, he said, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. And I thought about that uh, many times because, I mean, this has been something I've thought about over the years. And also Kurt Vonnegut, uh, the great American writer, Slaughterhouse um, Five, and uh, so many others. He talked about the simplicity of the written word and how you each word must be qualified, vetted, and auditioned for its placement in your book, in its sentence, in its meaning. If there is a simpler way to keep the integrity of what you want to say, then that should be the word you use. And yesterday we talked about clarity. And if you haven't um, listened to that one, please go back because it will set the, today's podcast up very nicely. Uh, but yesterday we talked about clarity and getting down to that one idea, getting down to the outcome, getting down to uh, how to click uh, quickly and easily defeat confusion and simplicity is on the opposite side of confusion over there with clarity. Because once you get clear on something, then you can begin to purify it down, reduce it down to its best common denominator. Um, Da Vinci is credited with saying that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And at first I used to think it was just a cute little word. Yeah, I did. I used to think, oh, this is so nice. Uh, that that was a beautiful way of uh, saying something. But when I, I thought about it, I was like, mm, why would he use the word sophistication to talk about uh, simplicity? And when you go back and uh, look at uh, what sophistication or a sophisticate means, it means that it is a worldly wisdom, a refinement, a discrimination. It is a uh, evolution of experience to come uh, to, to be able to uh, make it better. And when we think about refinement, we think about going back to my chemistry class, uh, taking the raw and making it into the fine, taking the profane and the mundane and making it into the exquisite. And so when he says that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, now as I'm looking at uh, what wisdom has to show and share is that, oh, okay, so going back to what Pascal says, he's like, okay, I didn't have time to go through the refining process that simple requires. So I'm going to write you this long letter. Okay. So simple includes a lot of filtering, a lot of work, a lot of uh, trial and error. It's a process. It is the least common denominator. Now, 
under this, there are a lot that I want to, you know, hurriedly get through so I can get to the the other points that I want want to make sure that we get about this whole simple and the deep end, the deep side of it. And that is things like Einstein, Marcus Aurelius, Coco Chanel, Ralph Waldorf Emerson, uh, William of Ockham from Ockham's Razor. All of these people had something to say about the idea of simple being part of a process. Now, remember the reformists, the great reformists that I talked, that I talked about, Charles Wagner talked about simplicity as a state of mind. And then I was like, okay, a state of mind is not a process. It is a point, a stagnant point. But going back through my notes and going back through and allowing wisdom to sit with me and help me to understand this is that when he, to me now, on the other side of this, in the deep end of it, when I, when he says that simplicity is a state of mind, simplicity is a continuous effort a continuous effort, which a state can be, a continuously held thing that requires some action. Mm -hmm. And so for me now, simplicity is a continuous effort to have a state of mind of the least common denominator. And it requires some work. Um, Einstein even says, everything should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler. And in that, he's infusing it with, you're going to do some work. And then it's up to you to have the wisdom to know when you can't go another further. You don't need to go no further because to go further would uh, degrade what you have done. Marcus Aurelius. Oh, my gosh. Marcus Aurelius, stoic, you know, emperor, all these different things that you want to call him. What he said was do nothing but what is necessary. What he was saying is. Less is truly more. Coco Chanel, she went on to say, simplicity is the keynote to all true elegance. Isn't that powerful? And this is the part that I really uh, started to have to work with because whenever I think about simplicity, and I'm not going to say categorically for other people, but whenever I used to think of simple, simple, I used to think of it being pure, uh, innocent, and all of those things. Whereas now, on the deep end of it, simplicity is now the shortest path to a solution. It's not that it is a pure thing, uh, because just because something is innocent and pure does not mean it is the simplest version of whatever it's representing. Uh, simplicity is also a prerequisite for reliability. And when we, when, I, when I was grappling with that statement, it meant that when you have gotten to a simple, uh, least common denominator of something, it is the the best representation of the foundation that you build anything on. It is what physical chemistry lab was trying to get us to do to purify, simplify down, titrate, and create the most stable compound in the simplest form so that volatility will be taken out of the equation. It is, when you simplify, it is the way to make sure that things are sound, stable, that things are solvent, all of these S words to mean good, okay? I'm telling you, this stuff goes on and on. And then we get into 
And this was another part that I was, I, I thought was kind of awe-inspiring because there are a, a lot of literary greats that when they consider simplicity, they they consider, uh, they talk about greatness. So like Ralph Waldorf Emerson uh, from his literary ethics way back in 1838, he said, nothing is more simple than greatness. Indeed, to be simple is to be great. And I was not able to digest, to begin to digest, because I'm still working on this particular one. I wasn't able to really start having any success with digesting what he meant with regards to greatness until I was able to work through the state of mind of simplicity, the least common denominator, the uh, ability to purify down, to, to work for it that simple is not the beginning simple is the end and that instead of it being something that is uh stupid or ignorant instead it is this refinement it is something that has happened after working with something to the point of expert and master understanding and so when i started looking at what he was saying through that lens that you got to work for simple uh that simple true simple is so freaking reliable that it has considered every, most not every but most conceivable thing that could happen and still it is able to defend against scrutiny and attack when you then look at what uh, Ralph Waldor Emerson said, uh, it takes on a new light. And then you look at it and you say, and he says, nothing is more simple than greatness. Indeed, to be simple is to be great. I'm like, boom, mind blown. Or uh, let's go to uh, Antoine de Saint of Exbury uh, in his La Avalon. Uh, he said, perfection is attained not when no more can be added, but when no more can be removed, I was like, okay. And you guys, I'll be honest with you. That one, I um actually read it and pretended like I knew it in um early on in my grad school um understanding of the great papers and and great thinkers of the time. And I was just like, oh, it's cute. I understand that, but it takes on a totally different meaning now because perfection is attained. Not when no more can be added, but when no more can be removed. That got me to understanding that simplicity is truly a resident and even a child of wisdom. Because like Marcus Aurelius said, do nothing but what is necessary. Einstein even said, uh, everything should be as simple as possible, but no simpler. All of them understood or seem to based on how they wrote, that simplicity is this exact space of perfectly right. Simplicity is the true Goldilocks of our of our, our lives, of our existence. It is that exact perfect position between too much too and too little and no more. And it takes effort, it takes expertise, and it takes time, respect, and appreciation for whatever you're doing to be able to do that. Or let's even talk about good old Occam's razor. Now, when he wrote it, it came out sounding something like this, that entities should not be multiplied beyond necessity, but 
when we look at it or the way I was taught it in my uh, scientific exploration was the simplest explanation is usually correct. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, wow, the simplest explanation is usually correct. And whenever I used to think about that, I used to always equate it with common sense, a.k.a. wisdom. What does wisdom tell you? Uh, what what does human nature say? And Thoreau uh, went on to talk much about simple and how uh, if we were to ever understand simplicity, we should uh, look at it as coming to it to study what children think and and break down simplicity the way a child would understand it. And that is most often uh, related to um, nature and the the nature of things. And you see it all the time. Uh, There is an entire uh, subsector of engineering that deals with nothing but understanding nature animals and taking those things and using those as the basis for invention and science and the and technology moving forward. Uh, like they'll study um, why is it that certain insects when they fall they land on their backs and they'll take that and include that in uh, the aerodynamics of a lighter um, machine to carry people safely. And, and to prevent uh, so much damage when it crashes. Just different little things like that. Um, but another thing about this, and I want to make sure I talk about what Alan Perlis said. Now, he is one of the, the fathers of uh, computer science and a, p- a pioneer in the computer science languages. And this one was the one that I used to always think I knew I was talking about something. But here, let me just tell you what he said. He said, fools ignore complexity pragmatists suffer it or meaning they allow it uh some can avoid it geniuses remove it so alan perlman even uh, perlis even said that complexity is something that geniuses remove and when you remove complexity you end up at simplicity so uh I want to, in our last little moments that we have together, I want to leave you some applicable things that you can use, okay? And that is this, that there is a direction when you are seeking out simplicity. And that is that simplicity leads you back from the multiple, from the plural, and even the dual. And it is not to strip away these things, but yet, and so it is a way to combine them in a seamless way where they all contribute And they all can neither be (laughs) added to or removed lest they change. And if you think of it this way, if we move back from the panoramic view to the single most part of the whole, it becomes our foundation. So when you're trying to figure out what is simplicity, Figure out what is the foundation that everything you build upon it must stand. The foundation is the simplest expression. Charles Kingslington said, again, study like a child would understand. Simplicity takes time and experience to forge the simplest form of a thing, idea, or even an essence. Um, I could go on and on about 
all of these things about simplicity. But I want you to know this. So say, for instance, you are trying to simplify a process. It might be something that's going to save you time, save you learning or uh, save you money. What you want to do is based on where I understand this right now is you want to go through and learn the entire process and do as the masters do. And that is learn how to do it the way that they are teaching you and then start to break the rules until you get down to the simplest or the easiest or or the uh, single most expression that does a thing. Um, I'm going to give you a quick little example before I go. And that is uh, the way people used to um, make or manufacture things. What they would do is they had a lot of creativity They when they sourced for their materials. And then there would be a lot of effort to approach it. And then they would come up with something that they had vaguely hoped they would have. Once they would do that, they would then, because they had gone through the experience and it was a complex thing, they would then learn to make forms and templates and patterns. And therefore, they could take out that complexity. The best types of materials to use, they gleaned that from having worked with so many so that they knew which was the best product to use. And then with the work and the effort, they had gone through the re- redundancy of repeated movements to the point where they knew which ones could be removed that were superfluous and that did not um, impinge on the integrity and the quality of a thing so that after doing something and going through the experience, they were able to simplify it down to only do what was necessary. Now, I will say this. In simplification, you must be adventurous. Simplification is not a constriction. It is an exploration to always be having the state of mind to find that sweet spot that lives in the perfect in-between where just right lives. And I, I want to say this because I will be remiss without saying it. I don't want you to leave with thinking that simplicity is all just about uh, removing everything until you get down to the, the least viable effort. Because there is still, there still must be quality, enjoyment, and all of those things involved in what it is you're simplifying. You cannot take a complex issue and simplify it to where it will not answer. You can't have flippant answers for a complex issue. To simplify it down does not mean that it becomes a soundbite. And I just want you to be uh, aware of that because if you simplify past what is enough, then it becomes tyrannical in some ways, austere in others, and a simple ton in most ways. So guess what? Yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to use our Amazon link. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. 
And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.